0: Hi there, welcome to the Causeway Coast Vineyard Podcast. We are a church who are passionate about seeing the transformation of individuals and institutions in our city through the generations to see all things new in our community. We hope you enjoy this message. Good morning. It's good to be here. Sorry, I'm still getting myself ready. It's just like when I leave the house in the morning, there's always something else. Guys. It is such a gift um, to be here this morning. As as Jenny said, my name is Jewel. I'm part of the family here at Cosby Coast Vineyard, and whether you're here kind of just squeezing the last ounce of summer out of the weekend, or, or you've been with us all the way through, you are so welcome this morning. We're in the middle of asking some big questions about the life and about the person of Jesus, and then directly, what impact, if any, does that have upon our everyday lives? And so this morning, you'll see on the screens beside me that we have the question, was Jesus rich? Now, don't worry. I know what you're thinking. You had all summer to check out this church and you've come the morning. They're gonna talk about money. okay, don't worry. Um, We're gonna discover this morning that Jesus doesn't need our money, which is really exciting. We'll be unpacking that in just a moment. But I imagine that wherever we are on our journey of following Jesus this morning, whether you're in this room and you've been following Jesus for many, many years, more than me, or maybe you're here this morning because you were tricked into coming to church at the promise of a nice lunch after, or pray for a carvery after, or maybe you're here this morning and you're honestly just trying, what is a life with Jesus all about? Before I say yes to that, I want to discover what what does a life of following Jesus look like? And I I imagine that regardless of wherever we are on that journey this morning, whether it's been for many years, or this is honestly your first step ever in the direction of Jesus, when we're confronted with this conversation about money, it gets a little bit awkward, doesn't it? Neil Young knows that, and that's why I'm up here today, (laughs) because it's an awkward conversation. Regardless of where we are, whether we have an abundance of it or we have a little of it, when the conversation about money comes up, it often gets a little bit awkward. So today we're going to have a conversation about money. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, I'm so glad I came to church today. (laughs) Yes, I jest, I joke, no I don't, it is awkward when we begin talking about money. (laughs) Imagine being up here. But my prayer and my belief is that we can leave and live with a transformed view of money if we would take Jesus at his word. Yes. I believe that with, with, with all of my heart. That if we were to honestly take Jesus at his word, which we're gonna to do today, we're gonna to unpack a little bit about what he has to say about money. I believe that we can leave and we can live. Imagine with me for just a second living free of the anxiety that money often brings imagine living free of the burden that money often brings so we're going to dive straight into our question this morning was Jesus rich and if Jesus was rich if Jesus is rich what impact does that have upon my everyday life does it have an impact on my everyday life what impact does it have on my family what impact might it have on the community that surrounds me here in the north coast or wherever you're joining us online in 2021 well being the author the creator and the sustainer of the universe you could say that Jesus has quite an extensive portfolio. The Bible says in Psalm 50 that the cattle on a thousand hills are his. But so is every pasture, plain, mountain, valley, beach. Every animal, every plant, every mammal, every reptile, amphibian, insect that's been discovered and that is yet to be discovered are all his. His. Psalm 24 says that the earth is the Lord's and elsewhere in the Bible we read that Jesus is the Lord. so the earth is his, Jesus, and everything in it, the world and all who live in it, for he founded it on the seas and he established it on the waters. Every sunrise and every sunset and everything that takes place in between, he is the holder of all, the creator of all, the owner of all, every nation, every continent, every land is his. And that's just on this little blue planet that we call home. So is every star, every planet, every galaxy that we can see and that we can't see in the night sky. It's all his. Is Jesus rich? (laughs) I think he is incomprehensibly, incomparably, magnificently rich. It was a quick talk. <laughs> Good job, so Jesus clearly doesn't need a monthly direct debit coming out of our account to sustain his work upon the earth. I, I highlight the word need. He doesn't need a monthly direct debit to sustain what he, who he is because he's the owner of all, he's the holder of all, and he's the sustainer of all. But yet, when I... Try and read this book, this is the Bible by the way. And when I honestly try to unpack it, I find that Jesus talks a whole lot about money. In fact, in the Gospels, which is just the first couple of books in the New Testament, the second part of the Bible, we see Jesus walking upon the earth, instructing his followers, inviting his followers. Uh, church often uses the word discipling his followers into the intention of God for their lives. And we find that he actually, if you were to take everything that Jesus said in the gospels, 15% of what he said is directly related to money and what we do with it. That's more than his teaching on heaven and hell combined. <laughs> he doesn't need it. But he talks a whole lot about it. And this morning, that's what I want to unpack. Why? Why does he talk so often about money if he doesn't need it? And so we're gonna jump into a story, actually. If you have a Bible with you, I would love you to open at Matthew 19. Don't worry if you don't have one. The verses are gonna appear on the screen in just a moment. We're gonna be looking at a story about a guy, a rich, young ruler. If you were with us last week, Dave Peavy did an incredible job. He actually unpacked a little bit of this story. But he, this rich, young guy, all we need to know is that he's coming to Jesus with a question, just like we're doing this morning. And so we're gonna dive straight into this passage In Matthew 19, verse 16, just then a man came up to Jesus and asked, teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, there is only one who is good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. Which ones? He inquired. Jesus replied, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, honor your father and mother and love your neighbor as yourselves. All these things I have kept, the young man said, what do I still lack? What do I still lack? Take note of that question. So this morning, we've already discovered and discussed that Jesus is rich, yeah? Beyond comprehension, the owner of all, the holder of all, the sustainer of all. But what we haven't discussed is that when Jesus came to earth, he laid all of that aside for me and for you. He laid the vastness of his richness to the side so that he could enter into the story of humanity to become just like us to walk in our shoes, to navigate our stuff as a human being so that we might step into the fullness of what he has always intended for us. A guy, Paul, puts it this way, 2 Corinthians 8. He says that though he was rich, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, so there it is, as clear as day in the text, yet for your sake, are sick, he became poor. So that you through his poverty might become rich. So that though he was rich, he became poor. And so if we jump back into our story, where we have this rich young ruler, this rich young guy with everything that the world had taught him to accumulate, coming before Jesus, it's kind of an ironic question to ask, what do I still lack? Remember, this guy has it all. He's done what the world has taught him to do. He's accumulated, he's possessed, he's taken on everything that he can on his way through this earth and he comes to Jesus and he says, I'm gonna ask the question that I'm always asking as I walk through this life, what else can I attain? What else can I possess? How can I purchase eternal life? And Jesus responds, verse 21, Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. If you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. Then Jesus said to the disciples, truly I tell you, it is hard for someone who is rich to the kingdom of heaven. In Mark's account of this interaction, Mark is just another gospel book in the Bible. He notes how Jesus lovingly and compassionately turns to this young man. He turns to this young man and says, I don't want you to add more stuff. I don't want you to accumulate more possessions. In fact, the issue here isn't about that which you possess. It's about that which has possessed you. The issue here isn't about that which you own. It's about that which has owned you. And in this moment... Jesus addresses that this young man's lack was that his faith in money exceeded his willingness to follow Jesus. His faith in money exceeded his willingness to follow Jesus. Your lack, Jesus says, is that you have more than your heart can handle. And the young man, he walks away downcast because he had great wealth. How do we know that we have more than our hearts can handle? Jesus puts it really plainly in the book. When we have more than we're willing to give on this journey of moving closer to him. Notice what Jesus says. He says, look, go sell your possessions, give it to the poor. You'll receive treasures in heaven. That's a whole topic in itself. Then come follow me. This young guy heads in the opposite direction. You see, in this moment, we see that Jesus isn't looking for this young man's wallet. Look where he tells him to give the money. <laughs> like Jesus very rightfully could have said, "That's money's mine anyway. Just give it to me. But he says, go sell it and give it to the poor. Then come follow me. This isn't a financial strategy from Jesus. This is a relational opportunity for this young man to move closer and further into the intention of God for his life and moving closer to the God who loves him in the process. It's a phenomenal opportunity. And he says, no. He turns around. His faith in money exceeds his willingness to follow Jesus. And so, when I read this, I'm confronted with the question of of how much is too much. (laughs) The age-old question. (laughs) Is it that percentage? Is it that number? Is it that car? Is it that house? Is it that phone? Is it that laptop? What Jesus does in this moment, he said, honestly, the monetary value isn't important. When I own a phone, that I'm not willing to give away on this journey of moving closer to Jesus, it's too much. I you, when I have money in my wallet, that's more than I'm willing to give away on this journey of moving closer to Jesus, it's too much. What else? When I have a car, that I'm unwilling to give away on this journey of moving closer to Jesus, it's too much. When I have clothing, don't worry, I'm not going to take it off. (laughs) That would be awkward. (laughs) When I have clothing that I'm unwilling to give away, I don't just mean the physical clothes, whatever style or whatever brands, whatever it may be, that I'm unwilling to give away, that I'm unwilling to lay down in this journey of moving, moving closer to Jesus is too much. We can translate it to our bank account. We can translate it to the home that we own. We can translate it to honestly any area of our lives. If we are unwilling to lay it down, if we are unwilling to practically give it away on this journey of moving closer to Jesus than it is too much turn to your neighbor and say I'm still glad I came to church today (laughs) so let's recap what we have so far does God need our money no does Jesus need our money no he does not why because he is the owner of all the holder of all the sustainer of all Yet when we read the Bible, when we read the invitation of Jesus, there's this opportunity or this invitation to give on this journey of moving closer to him. So he doesn't need our money, but there's this invitation from Jesus that we would be a people who are generous, that we would be a people who give. And so what do we do about it? How do we do it? I'm going to let you in really quickly on how I thought we had to do it. When I was a Maybe I would say even just, just a couple of years ago I had understood that, that God didn't need our money, that there was this invitation from Jesus, that we would be a generous people, a people who supply the needs of those that surround us, investing in people's lives as they move further and forward into the intention of God for their story. And I thought I had to be as sad as possible in the process. Has anyone ever been there? Like if I wasn't sad, I hadn't given enough. <laughs> and then if I didn't give, I was sad. <laughs> So I was sad if I gave, and I was sad if I didn't give. <laughs> it's kind of a, a cycle that went over and over. Do you know honestly, you cannot read the Bible and come to the conclusion that we're supposed to be sad when we're generous. In fact, a guy called Paul, who we've already quoted, he puts it this way: 2 Corinthians nine six through eight. He says, "Remember this: Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously." will also reap generously. It's talking about multiplication. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Let me see your cheerful smile, yeah? God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Take note of the posture that God blesses, a cheerful giver. You see, when Jesus is our focus, when Jesus has our attention, when Jesus has or is who we're moving towards, generosity becomes one of the most overwhelmingly joy-filled experiences that we get to be a part of on this earth. My uh, wife and I, Shannon, we got married almost a year ago now. And uh, we've been on this journey of learning the joy of generosity, also the reality of bills and taxes. No one warned us about that one. (laughs) But we've been discovering this joy of generosity when Jesus is our focus. It's like the best thing ever in the world to get to give. Because what does the Bible point out? As we've been looking at this morning, when we give, we're moving closer. And not only are we moving closer, we're getting to invite others to move closer in the same process. It's just fun all around. And so honestly, this has been a huge shift in my heart over the last year. We're now when an invitation or an opportunity to give arises, we get excited. and say, like, oh, what a joy this is going to be. Now, before you think I've got it all together, a couple of months ago, I took my eyes off Jesus in the realm of generosity. We, um, we found out that we were going to be receiving a gift from someone. Uh, we didn't know how much the gift was going to be. And so... Uh, I went to discuss it with Shannon and we just felt that there was this invitation from God to give it away. And so we got really excited about it. Like what a gift that God's inviting us to give this money away. What a joy that we get to move a little bit closer and we get to invite someone else to move closer. He spoke to us about where we were going to give it. And uh, that was fine. A couple of weeks go by and then I receive uh, the envelope with the gift in it. And I open the gift. And the gift is way more than I thought it was going to be. I open it up and now I'm the budget nerd in the house. Is there any other budget nerds? I love a good spreadsheet. Yeah, we have a few. And so straight away when I open this envelope, I'm like, this is how many months of oil I can pay for. This is how much food I can pay for. This is how much electricity we can cover. And it's just this, honestly, that's where my heart goes. My attention shifts from Jesus and it goes directly onto the money. I'm like, this is exactly what this can cover. And so I uh, I come to Shannon with the gift, and I say, "Babe, like this is way more than I ever thought this was going to be." And like Shannon is so much more like Jesus than me, a lot more holy, and looks at the budget a lot less. But that's not why you responded in the way you responded. And she honestly, she just goes like, "Joel, what an even greater joy it is to give away." <laughs> you know those people. You can be I love you. <laughs> And she, she, honestly, that's her instant response in that moment. She's like, oh my goodness, Joel, what an even greater joy. We thought it was going to be this much. It ended up being that much. What an even greater joy to give it away. Uh huh. So, <laughs> Shannon's over here looking at Jesus. I'm over here staring into the, uh, the envelope. And so we go, I jump in the car and we go. I go and, and I give the money. And really, honestly, I give it so reluctantly. I give it really restrictively, and, I, and there is not an ounce of joy in my heart, like not even, a, not even a, a slight ounce of joy. And to just bring you right in, like in that moment, I had the arrogance to turn to God as I was walking away and saying like, God, I really hope you know how much that was. So a couple of weeks later, And just to bring you in again, that this is not about monetary value. This is not about a certain amount. That gift ended up being the smallest gift that we gave in that season. It was the smallest gift. But because my attention was set upon the money, I was robbed of all joy in the process. So a couple of weeks later, we're sitting early one morning, drinking a cup of coffee, and uh, we're just chatting about I think I'd been praying just through some of our finance stuff at that stage and we were having a conversation about money and we were just talking about how much fun it had been to give away what we were getting to give away in this season and uh, I was reminded of the gift that I gave over here, this one where my attention was on the money. It's only the conversation came to an end And literally, we could point to every gift that God had invited us to give and we could point to the life, we could point to the joy, we could point to the abundance, we could point to the multiplication that God brought. Not always financial, but I mean, we were getting to see multiplication in people's lives that we were getting to to just give to. (laughs) And then I go back to this one over here and this is so arrogant. In the morning, it was almost like I pulled God aside and I was like, God told us to give this. And then I remembered he didn't. He invited us to give it. And I said, God, why didn't we see the multiplication? Why didn't we see the life? Why didn't we see the joy that's so clearly promised in your book? And God asked me a question. He said, Joel, how did you give it? I said, I jumped in the car. <laughs> he said, no, no, no. How did you give it? And I knew exactly. It was kind of like the Young Ruler in that moment when being asked this question. I said, I give it reluctantly. I give it without joy. I give it religiously, I give it restrictively. And God so compassionately and so graciously reminded me. And he said, Joel, my desire is to multiply that which is given in joy. My desire is to multiply that which is given in joy. I'm not saying God can't. I'm not saying God won't. But it's clear that his intention, his desire is to multiply not that which is given reluctantly, not that which is given out of obligation, but that which is given in joy. One pound given cheerfully has more kingdom potential than a thousand pounds given out of duty. It happened in the reverse for me over here. (laughs) One pound given cheerfully has more kingdom potential than a thousand pounds given out of duty. Just even in this moment, I'm reminded of, there's a story in the Bible, in the book of Mark, Mark chapter 12, where there's a whole bunch of people gathered in the temple, and the Bible says that these religious experts are kind of showing off what they're giving, they're giving out of the overflow of their wealth. They're calling attention to the money. They're call atten- calling attention to the resource that they're firing in the basket. And it says Jesus sits down and he watches. And in that account we read of this, this widow, this woman who comes and, and, and the text actually says that she puts in two very small copper coins. Not two copper coins, not two small copper coins, two very small copper coins. And Jesus draws attention to this moment. And he says, she has given more than everyone else. This isn't about monetary value. Do you remember we used to stuff like an emergency five pound note in the back of our phones? Do you remember that? Maybe we still do. It doesn't matter if it's the emergency five pound in the back of our phone or if it's the car that we drove here in this morning. The invitation from Jesus is that we would give anything that's standing in the way of moving closer to him. It's the invitation of Jesus this morning. He has more than enough resource to carry out his redemptive plan upon the earth. What he is looking for is our hearts and therefore he will invite us to continually lay down and give away anything, anything that takes the seat upon the throne of our hearts that he was always supposed to be on. I'd love to just invite you in this moment just to close your eyes or, or sorry, you don't need to close your eyes. It's an invitation. <laughs> and the reason I ask you that, the reason I invite you to do that, well, I get really distracted. That's, that's an honest confession. So often I close my eyes, but it, oftentimes it just really helps me listen. It really helps me listen, not to me. In this moment, I'm honestly not concerned if you hear anything I have to say from this moment forward because I believe the Spirit of God is here. not confined to this space I just believe there's a there's a there's a hunger in this room there's a desire in this room to tune in to lean in to listen to him and I do believe that in this moment he's just beginning to awaken us towards the intention of God in our story you're involved in business this morning. I believe Jesus is just beginning to speak about business in this this outcoming season of what we've been in for the last 18 months. There's creative solutions that he's seeking to release, that he's seeking to unlock. That's very biblical. So maybe in this moment, that's what he's beginning to do. But I encourage you just to stay in this posture. When you came in, there was a, a piece of paper and a pen on your seat, And just when you're ready, I would love you just to grab that. But if God's speaking about something else, just ignore me, please. I encourage you, if if you would just pull that piece of paper in front of you in the pen. And what we're going to do is, just as we practice, if you've been around here at all, you'll notice that often we just practice hearing the voice of God. We, we practice what the Bible refers to as prophecy, where we listen and lean into the intention of God. Or if you've been here, you'll probably notice we, we often practice praying for each other. We wanna be a people who pray. And so we create room to do that. And I believe Jesus is inviting us to be a people who practice generosity who practice giving, where he's the goal, he's the focus, he's the destination, just as he is with prophecy, just as he is with healing, just as he is with prayer, it's the same with giving. And so in this moment, what I would love you to do is just ask Jesus, Jesus, is there anything, anything or any amount that you're inviting me to give away this week? We're not asking for it. This isn't for Cosby Coast Vineyard. And if you're joining us online, why don't you do the same? This is about us and Jesus in this moment as we move closer to him, as we move further towards his intention for our lives. He invites us to be a people of generosity. And so just in this moment, if there's a specific number, if there's a specific thing, do you know, honestly, it could be everything. We've heard stories of that before. But if there's a specific thing that Jesus is asking you to give away, I encourage you to write it down. This isn't for me to see, this isn't for your neighbor to see, it's for no one else to see, it's between you and Jesus. But it's important that it doesn't just remain in this moment. And so we're just gonna take a moment. Chris, are you here? Chris, I would love you to just come and play in the background. I'm just gonna invite Chris to play the keys. Not for any other reason than just to give us space. So, on that piece of paper, why don't you write down whatever that thing is, whatever that amount is? And what I want you to do with it is I want you to place it in your wallet or your purse or behind your phone, wherever you store money or wherever you store your card. And you'll notice it's about the size of a card. And it's a conscious reminder that as we go throughout our week, there's this invitation from Jesus who doesn't need our money. <laughs> So there's another reason behind why he's asking. There's this invitation that we would give as we move closer to him on this journey of following Jesus. There again, we're, we're, we're a community where we practice hearing God's voice. We believe God is constantly speaking, He's constantly inviting you and I and the world around us towards His desire and towards His design for our lives and for our community's lives. This is going to seem a little bit random, but is there someone in this room? I think you're a girl and you're heading into college next year it may be university it may be I think it's maybe like tech college and uh, you need a laptop and you don't know how you're going to get a laptop and you start in a couple of weeks there's going to be no camera on you in this moment my wife and I would love to buy you a laptop and so if you're in this room, you're in that circumstance, you're in that situation, can I ask you to do something really brief? I think it's really important that you respond in this moment. You need a laptop for September and you don't know where it's coming from. It's OK. I could be wrong. That's OK. No. That's OK. I get it wrong. We're practicing. okay so if you're able I would love to invite everyone to stand just for this last part of us in the room, um, yeah, God's just been stirring as we've been uh, throughout all of this morning um, through worship, through um, even announcements and and through as we've just been, as as we've been unpacking God's word together. And uh, there's (laughs) the thing that you wrote down. I really just believe, I, I don't know what I'm doing now, by the way. This is one of those moments where, where this is all new ground, isn't it? <laughs> we wanna learn how to practice generosity and practice means we get it wrong. <laughs> I've already got it wrong this morning, so give me lots of grace. But you're here this morning and you're just like, I wanna, I wanna start that journey now. I, I, wanna, I wanna begin this journey of generosity, the joy of generosity. And you have the resource on you this morning and you know it's not specifically for anyone but you're like, I just need to give this away. I just need to to start this journey, take one step forward towards Jesus and his intention for my wallet and my life and for the intention of someone else. And so if you're there this morning and you have that with you, you gotta trust me in this one, okay? We're not looking for this for us. This isn't about a Causeway Coast Vineyard Church thing. Could you place your hand in the air? If you have it on you this morning, I want to join this generosity journey and I have the resource on me. I feel God stirring. This is not an emotional moment. And you're just like, I want to give this away this morning. And we'll just take a moment. amazing for this next part I would love every eye to be closed Um, I believe there's someone in the room I believe you're a mother and uh, the electricity bill is coming this week and you are overwhelmed and right now you know this is you you know this is God just highlighting you in this moment we would love to meet that need this morning There's a bill, I think it's an electricity bill, it's either electricity or food and you know it's coming this week and you know you don't have the resources to cover that. We want to meet that need this morning. And my friends who raised their hands and myself, we're going to do it. And if that's you this morning, could I invite you to do something very brave? There is gonna be no camera on you. There's going to be no exposure in this moment. Only my eyes are open. I'm going to invite you just to raise your hand. I know it's an incredibly brave thing to do. Know there are bills coming this week that you know you're unsure of how you're going to cover them. I would love you just to raise your hand. We're just going to wait a little bit longer. This is just a moment where we're learning how to be family, right? just learning how to be family if there's no one that's okay this is the posture of who we are and we want to be a people who are learning what it looks like to give joyfully to supply the destiny of our community it's okay Okay. so Lord would you would you fill us God, would you teach us what it looks like to be a people of generosity? Would you teach us what it looks like to be a people who live radically free with that which we have? That God, nothing other than you would be precious. Nothing other than you. God, I pray you would shake us to the core. You would shake us to the core with your invitation to be generous. God, we stand in the reality this morning that you are not in need that we are not giving to help you out. That God, the generosity invitation is for the sake of our souls and the sake of our hearts as we move closer to you and further into you and towards your intention for our lives and your intention for the lives that surround us. Thank you for joining us for our podcast today. For more information, resources and opportunities, you can check us out at CosbyCoastVinyard.com.